0: Hi there, this is John Frenet and welcome to an Encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight. These are best done in person and with the current state of emergency restrictions, that's just not possible. So we will be re-releasing our past episodes every Saturday at noon until this pandemic is in our collective rearview mirror. Until then, enjoy this Encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight.
1: Some businesses succeed. We're here up on Jabez, did I say that right?
0: Jabez. Jabez Run Road in Millersville with Solar Energy Services, and we are here with the president, CEO, owner, probably the head janitor, the window washer, and everything else that goes along with it, Rick Peters. How are you today?
2: I'm fine. Thank you, John.
0: Thank you very much for inviting me up here, and I've got to admit, I heard your commercial on WRNR, and I don't know it verbatim, but I mean, at one point you say, yeah, we've been around for 40 years, and I'm going,
2: Okay. Solar has not been around for forty years, has it? It sure has. Solar water heating has been around for thousands of years. I mean, the Romans used well, the sun okay, to heat yeah. water. But, but <laughs> no. But more, more seriously to your question, um, solar water heating as um, is, is an industry that has risen and fallen multiple times over the last hundred years. The first patent for a residential solar water heater was in uh, Baltimore, Maryland in 1891. It was a booming industry, and it eventually got crushed by cheap gas. At one point, a significant number of the homes in Pasadena, California, had solar water heating systems. And then they discovered natural gas out there, and almost overnight, uh, the solar water heating industry um, folded. Uh, So... Uh, cheap energy has is something that's crushed solar a few times in the past okay uh, we're in a era, era now where solar water heating is becoming less and less economical when compared to solar electric or photovoltaics which is what we um, primarily install these days most of the probably 95 percent of the installations we do uh, now are our solar electric system
0: but so did you get your start in solar water
2: yes my business partner did actually so I, um, i'm 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 the president and one of the owners. I have a business partner who's the founder of Solar Energy Services. His name's Roger Perry. Roger started doing – I've heard him
0: on the commercials too.
2: Yeah. Yep. And he's been on a few of them. Uh, Roger started – doing solar right out of high school. He went to school out in Northern California uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. He was doing solar pool heating and solar water heating. And so that's really the story behind our 40 years. He restarted this company in 2005. He and I became partners in 2008 um, when I bought a minority share of the company and then later a majority share. So we're partners to this day. And and that's really the, the story behind our 40 years and we do disclose that on the website, and, you know, it's 40 years of experience that Roger's been in the solar business.
0: Well, with that, without a doubt. Now, where, what's your background? If you came in here, this, I'll say this late in the game, but, I mean, what, what's your background? Sure.
2: Well, I've, I've had, I guess, four careers. My undergrad was in engineering and mechanical engineering, and I worked as a co-op student for David Taylor Research Center in Annapolis. So okay. I did submarine silencing uh, there for a, a, the Structure Born Noise Group for several years as a co-op and then full-time uh, engineer for four Four years. Went back to school for business. I fell in love with manufacturing, spent about four to six years in manufacturing, the first four in production management, um, and then eventually went into sales and marketing um, to to manufacturers. Uh, And then in uh, the late 90s, I joined the IT business uh, and worked for nine years for a company called DataPrize. I was the 14th employee, and they were about 115 when I left. And uh, actually, the the business um, just got acquired. Uh, So those were my careers before solar.
0: Wow. uh, So it seems like you've got the background for, I mean, exactly the position you're in. I mean, you've got the manufacturing, you've got the the tech, the engineering, and and everything else that goes with it. I mean, it seems like you're like the ideal person to come in here to be able to get all the different facets of what Solar Energy Services does.
2: It's definitely been helpful. And and I've always had an interest in doing something entrepreneurial and I always wanted it to be something I was passionate about. So in two thousand and eight my, my father passed away and I had been looking at the solar industry for a couple of years sort of casually up until then and that kind of lit my fire and so in the summer of oh eight I left my job, I had a very good job, um, well being you know, well paid to, to join this industry. So I was either gonna start a business, buy into one, or go work for a solar company. Um, and I, through a lot of research and networking, I found my future business partner, Roger Perry. And we courted for a while and shook hands at the end of uh, uh, the year in 2008 and, and became partners then.
0: Probably one of the most scary times of your life, wasn't it? It was
2: indeed. <laughs> in fact, um, to that point, less than a week out of work with no real firm you know, plans of when my next paycheck was coming, and I I was partners in a, a, a boat at the time, and I it was a beautiful September day. I went a to fill, fill up my uh, Parker twenty five. Okay,
0: those are those things that that are holes in the water that you just pour money into, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, <laughs> without so, a job, okay, I got to,
2: I've exactly. <laughs> so I just filled it up with gas, you know, which was an expensive proposition, and I was taking bringing the boat back across the river, and I got a call from my financial planner to tell me about uh, how Lehman Brothers. Had, you know, gone off, falling off a cliff. Oh, and, no. And so it was a scary time for sure. Um, and that sort of put an exclamation point on it. But in 2000, in, in October of 08 was when George Bush, uh, President Bush signed off on the bill that bailed the banks out and and tied to that was an eight an year extension of the solar investment tax credit. Right. Um, so that was a, a, a good, you know, harbinger. And, and we certainly did our best to leverage that.
0: Well, okay. So now, so now you've, you're here from 2008. You were now in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've grown considerably, and I know I know that you're hiring pretty much. I would say consistently, but I know you, there's a big push for hiring and everything else. But how did this grow to the point where? And how big are you?
2: Well, we're um, we're we're still under 10 million in sales. Uh, we're a little over 40 people. Um, we, I think we have five or six open positions right now. And how we got here, it was it was a lot of ups and downs. And in the industry, we we affectionately refer to it as the solar coaster. Uh, you know, for an industry that's fledgling and establishing itself with a lot of help from incentives at the federal and, and to some degree at the state and local level, it's been uh, a, an exciting ride because one of the challenges with incentives is they, they sometimes come and go or they dissipate, and that can really affect the economics. Uh, which also affects demand and and of course affects how we scale uh, so it's it we've always been very careful uh, here that we didn't want to grow too fast you know we've seen peers of ours implode because they they grew too fast and so we've been we've had some ups and downs over the years we when I got into the business with Roger, we were doing almost exclusively solar water heating in 2008, and then we started doing more and more solar electric. And because of the improved economics, you know, we're doing uh, almost exclusively solar electric.
0: Now, you guys do commercial and residential as well, too. I know that you did the uh, the solar at K and B True Value down in Annapolis with Jared Libman, and I know that you've done a, a couple of a couple of other ones in in the area. But do you do you do residential as well, or is that your is that your bread and butter?
2: It's it's, it's really both. We are um, we have a longer history in residential, but our, we're about 50-50 in terms of our, where our revenues come from, commercial and residential. A lot of our commercial business is in D.C. Uh, the economics for solar in D.C. are tremendous. And um, so – most property owners down there are, are at least considering solar. If the residential business for us is a lot stronger in Maryland. And so it tends to, It's we do commercial work in Maryland. You know, we, like you mentioned, KB True Value, you know, we've done, uh, we did a real big project for uh, Alban Cat in Elk Ridge. And we're doing several projects on the Eastern Shore right now. So our, our commercial business continues to grow geographically, but more than half of it is, is in Washington, D.C. still.
0: I think in the solar industry, as far as on buildings, is somewhat more established right now. I've got a friend of mine that's all about solar cars, solar cars but electric cars. Mm-hmm. And my mind has not changed that paradigm shift on electric cars. I'm like, well... I go to the gas station, I put gas in and I go. And she says, well, that's what you need to think of electric gas. I said, yeah, I know. But then I've got to sit for an hour while this thing charges or whatnot. And not every place has electricity and, and the whole nine yards. Where you stand, where Solar Energy Services stands at this point now, that the solar as a home source of electricity, as a business source of electricity, is pretty established. I mean, this is not something you need to talk people into. I mean, they've obviously got to talk. Be talked into making the commitment to purchase it and everything else. But, I mean, it's not this mumbo-jumbo voodoo kind of thing out there that, you know, hey, you know, we put these little magic crystals on your roof and all of a sudden your electric bill goes down or anything like that.
2: That's right. I think uh, you you really make a good point. Ten years ago, there was a lot of convincing people that solar was for real, that they could count on it, that this was a good investment. I think for the most part, people who are paying attention to energy issues, and that's not everybody, but for the most part, people are seeing a lot of solar. People know someone who has solar. If If you're an investor, you know that all the big banks are investing in solar projects. So all of this has validated solar as a dependable, reliable, investment where you can get returns that, that are predictable. Uh, so that has definitely helped the market. So now it's more about selling you know, why solar energy services versus another customer or why you should do solar today and not three years from now. That's more of the s- sales challenge that we have than it is uh, convincing people that solar Which works. is probably
0: no different than a car. Why do you want to buy the tech in today's car as opposed to tomorrow's or yesterday's or something like that? But explain how solar works. To me, I mean, okay, sure. we put we put panels up on the roof of a building, and we have them face east or west or you know some way, or maybe they track the sun. Does this does not replace my electricity?
2: It, only in part, typically. Uh, so the way the, the way solar works in in Maryland and. Thirty some other states that have a law called net metering is that you install these systems and then and they're grid tied. And what that means is the the solar generator, the solar panels that we put on your roof, is now a generation and an energy generation system. Um, and we have to get permission from the utility to connect that system to the grid. And what happens is your home uses the power first, and if there's any excess generation it gets fed to the meter and actually goes out to the grid and literally gets consumed by the nearest load so i have solar in my home and on days there's a surprise And and, and, in the spring and fall on on bright, sunny days when I'm not running the air conditioner or have any heavy loads, I'm generating more power on my roof than the home is using. And so that power actually exits um, through my meter, goes to the grid, and gets consumed by the nearest load. And my neighbors are paying the utility for the solar energy that I'm generating. And in turn, the utility, by virtue of the net metering law, the utility gives me credit for that energy that I exported so that I can consume those credits later in the evening or in the wintertime or when when I'm not generating.
0: So if I were to try to simplify this, okay, you've got an electric meter sitting on the outside of your house, okay, and you turn off on every absolutely appliance in your house, okay, that little wheel starts to spin real quick, and they don't have wheels anymore, but that's, (laughs) you know, okay, the wheel starts to spin real quick. And the cash registers start to ring in B, G, and E. Okay, hey, they're using electricity, they're using electricity, and so on and so forth. And then they, just, they send me a bill at the end of the month. With solar now, that wheel still continues to spin at the same degree, only there's solar power, solar panels on my roof that are coming back down. Now they're going back to that meter. If And this is real simplified. And sort of spinning the wheel the other way to sort of reduce the cost and sending it back out
2: yes in, in concept that is correct okay um, we w- most solar systems we back feed the energy through a breaker in the in the in the right home. sometimes you have to line tap but if there's available breakers and the sizing accommodates it then we just feed it back out the breaker but what happens is it goes to the loads first so if if it's a, if your air conditioner is running in the middle of the summer and your and your solar's cranking, you're feeding the loads in the house Your air conditioner and first, and anything left and over goes back goes out. out.
0: Okay, right. interesting. Is that the way it works with pretty much every commercial or residential? doesn't matter?
2: Yes, if it, if it's a behind-the-meter system. When you get to the large solar farms, um, those are utility-scale systems typically. So they're actually providing uh, energy directly to the grid, and they have an arrangement with whoever is, right. is and, the and counterparty that The city of
0: Annapolis that. just opened up one at a closed landfill where they um, – you know, they're feeding it directly into BG. And I think it said it, it's powering a school. I th- I th- I, you know, they try to quantify it, I yeah. guess, to sit there and say, well, how much are we actually most well, enough to power a school? Mm-hmm. We hear a lot about owning versus renting. What is the advantage of either or? Do you do both?
2: On the commercial side, we do both. The economics are much better for the homeowner, for the property owner, if they can own the system. So we do offer financing. We have loans that allow uh, customers to cover the upfront costs and then pay back that loan with the returns that they're getting on the energy savings.
0: Just a general idea, and I know this is sort of like asking how much a car costs, but I mean, just a general idea. What
2: type of investment are we talking about for a homeowner, for a typical home? Sure. The average... System in Maryland as it, it was around eight kilowatts. I'm guessing it's probably closer to nine kilowatts now. So that's going to probably be on the order of the low twenty thousand dollars, twenty okay. to twenty-five thousand dollar investment. Um, and there's currently a twenty-six percent federal tax credit for that. So basically, get that. 26% of the sticker price back in off of your taxes. And then in Anne Arundel County, we have a property tax credit of 2500 up to $2,500. Um, there's a state grant of $1,000. There's also a, uh, another state incentive called Srex. So there's four different incentives to a, a residential property owner in Anne Arundel County.
0: So you're probably, you know, by the time you're done with the incentives and stuff like that, 10 to 12, somewhere in there?
2: Uh, yeah in that range you know. and and the um, the payback for a good application in Maryland is about seven years uh, okay in Arundel county is about seven years so you know these are systems that are warranted to produce for twenty five years you can expect uh, meaningful energy for thirty years from these systems, uh, so paying it back in seven years is a pretty good deal is uh, not a bit. especially if you can eliminate your entire load, which i 'm fortunate to be able to do that on my home.
0: Now, are there different sizes of panels, I'll say more powerful, more horsepower, more (laughs) that you can put on a roof? Or is it a, I mean, can you only just collect so much solar?
2: Great question. Um, You know, I mentioned the average size system is nine kilowatts. The average size system six or seven years ago was like five kilowatts or, or four kilowatts. And that's oftentimes the same number of panels. It's just that the panels have gotten more efficient in the same footprint. So there are roughly two sizes of panels. There's, there's little minor differences in dimensions. But for the most part, there's two sizes of panels. There's a residential size, which we call 60 cell in the business. There's 60 um, solar cells lined up in an in in array on that panel. And then commercial size panels, which are 72 cell. Uh, Most residential installations that we do have 60-cell panels on them. Uh, The the panels that are on my roof that that we installed in 2010 are 225 watts um, per panel. Today, in that same footprint, we're installing panels at 320, 330 watts in that same footprint. So that's a testament to how much solar uh, efficiency has improved. And it's also really important to note that there's a long way to go. Uh, so there's so much potential to generate energy with solar. And by that I mean right now, uh, when I got into the business, solar panels were around 14% efficient. Now the, the the average panel that we install, and there's premium, you can spend more for higher efficiency, but the average is in the 20 to 21% efficiency. So... If those efficiencies continue to improve, it will be easy to offset all of the energy consumption in your home with a modest-sized roof. You won't need you know three different rooftops or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, so we've we've seen in the last several years the ability to offset 100% of the customer's energy um, is much more common than it was five years ago, and that's because well, of efficiency. It's,
0: it's funny. I just jotted down here. You said that you installed your solar in 2010, mm-hmm. and you are fortunate enough to be able to power your your entire my your entire, entire home so <laughs> essentially you and I, I realize it doesn't work this way but you haven't gotten an electric bill in 10 years <laughs> and then sometimes they've sent you a check but it, i mean I, obviously that's not the way it works it's the credits but yeah you are now energy as far as the wallet goes neutral
2: yes uh, uh more or less to, to full disclosure there is a connection charge um you know and and, and which is totally understandable I'm, I'm feeding back to the grid and i'm consuming from the grid so um there's an eighth 95 a month charge to be connected to the grid. Uh, But otherwise, yes, I'm generating. I need a business where I can charge people for them to give me stuff. (laughs) I'm generating credits half of the year and I'm consuming those credits the other half of the year. So, uh, you know, this time of year I'm, I'm still generating, but I'm using more than I'm generating on the average day. So I'm eating away at those credits. And then come April, uh, it will get trued up. So once a year, the net metering law says once you know these credits can only last a year, and so the the utility will true up with me in, in, in April. And if if I have excess credits, they will they will indeed send me a check, check. and they have. And then it'll be at the wholesale rate, not at the retail, at the retail rate. Sure, um, but but still, it's it's well nice at that point you're a
0: wholesaler, so <laughs> I mean that makes <laughs> exactly how complicated is it to do it? Okay, I'm I'm here. I want solar. I, <laughs> I write you write you a check. Can you take care of me this weekend?
2: <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that, but not extremely. Uh, you know, we we can do initial assessments remotely. Google Maps and, and other aerial photography uh, services that we subscribe to, we're able to do a a, a pretty robust design remotely. Uh, and then, of course, we, we do want to come on site and we want to assess the infrastructure, the electrical infrastructure in the home. Where's the meter? Where's the inverter going to be installed? Um, you know, make sure we understand all the... Uh, potential idiosyncrasies of the home or the, or, or the needs of the customer. Uh, but we can do initial assessments w- with sort of a price conditioning. Here's the economics of the solar project for you, and we need to come out on site to validate this. And then as far as the timing goes, in some counties we have to s- provide structural engineering. Most counties we don't. Uh, residential homes are built to those. And to, when,
0: when you're saying that, that's that the roof to, can support the panels? the exactly. of The panels?
2: And that's a requirement by the authority having jurisdiction or the the permitting authority in some jurisdictions. So that takes a little bit of time. Um, Then, of course, we have to go through the permitting process and and get a a building permit and an electrical permit. Because it's
0: considered a home improvement, obviously. Exactly.
2: And then once that all happens – Forgive me, I left out a step. One of the first things we do is we get permission from the utility to interconnect the system, so we have to give them a rough design of what we 're going to install and then the utility has to confirm that the feeder uh, can accommodate more solar um, and, and, and that can be a challenge in some areas where you have a lot of solar penetration, uh, so we need to get the utilities really a permission to install uh, then we then we go through the engineering and permitting process, order the equipment, build the system, go through the inspections with the permitting authority. And once we pass inspections, then we go back to the utility for permission to operate. And that's usually just you know, them swapping the meter out to, to make sure it's a net meter if, if it's not already, and then basically giving us the blessing to turn the system on. Okay. So that's the process. And that could be as short as five weeks but typically, it's more like 12 or more. Okay, uh, And that some of that has to do with just the steps in the process, and some of it has to do with demand.
0: Right. You know? And then if you're working in Annapolis or Anne Arundel County, it might be like 16, 18, 20, or three years. <laughs> you know, some,
2: some, some jurisdictions are faster than others. I, I, I must say – Anne Arundel County is one of the best places to do um, solar uh, projects. Really? Yeah. They're, they're, they have a, a very good permitting system. They're not onerous in terms of their requirements. Um, so, yeah, we, we really like uh, building projects in Anne Arundel County.
0: Interesting. Where does most of your business come from? or Where do you do most of your business? Is it Anne Arundel County or is it?
2: Our residential business is probably the the biggest county for us is Anne Arundel, but we do a lot on the Eastern Shore. Uh, we have several dedicated uh, sales folks over there. In fact, our residential sales manager uh, lives in St. Michael's. So we do a lot of work on the shore. Uh, we do a lot of large ground mounts on the shore. There's a, a lot of property owners that, you know, have a lot of land and they want to get to net zero and you know offset all of their electricity and maybe they don't want to put it on the roof for whatever reason the front of the house is facing south and they don't like the appearance on the front or or whatever we're doing a lot of large ground mounts over there that are that are getting customers to net zero
0: where do you see solar and solar energy services going from here i mean obviously you've grown incredibly since you came on board in 2008 and we've come a long way since the 1800s when we were doing solar water <laughs> yeah. heaters.
2: I think nowhere but up. The industry continues to grow. The demand for what the industry provides continues to grow. Many solar contractors like, like us have committed to uh, including storage in our offering. That's battery uh, systems. So we have many residential customers that I think a year before last, it was almost 10% of them were purchasing battery storage with their solar system
0: what's battery storage is that for power failure is that a ups big ups for your-
2: essentially and people do it for different reasons uh some of the folks are in rural areas and they've had some reliability issues with their power and, or maybe they just have some essential loads that like a, a water pump or a sewage pump or something like that that they just don't ever want to be without uh, and they don't want to use a generator for whatever reason uh, so that you know, it's quiet, basically allows them more security. Some folks are doing it more just because they're, you know, preparing for worst-case scenarios. Uh, other folks are doing it just because they think it's cool and they think it's interesting and, and they know that this is the wave of the future, so they want to they want to participate yeah, in on it. The, on uh, the On the wave. Yeah. And so I think, you know, to further answer your question, I think storage will continue to be um, paired with solar in, in increasing percentages, and that will... Uh, eventually, as policy and grid operation uh, adapt to that, uh, I I think, I feel strongly that we will be migrating to more of a decentralized grid from the centralized approach that we have now. And and I think very much like we saw with computers, where we had mainframes with dumb terminals, we migrated to client server, where we had many servers, redundant servers around, and and smarter clients. We saw the same thing in telephony. You know, in Africa they sort of leapfrogged all the Poles and wires, and started doing cellular. I think, and I think a lot of experts in the energy industry feel that that is where we're headed with with energy. We're going to have lots of distributed generation around the grid, including lots of storage around the grid, and all of that is going to add energy security. It's going to, uh, you know, the military is way out in front on this. They've been doing microgrids for for quite a while, primarily from an energy security standpoint. They want to be able to isolate themselves from the rest of the grid in an emergency. That has proven the model out. So universities have done it. The military's done it. We're seeing, you know, various municipalities experiment with it, and so that trend is happening. Storage prices have dropped dramatically in the same way that solar has. You know, we're five years behind solar on the curve, probably, but still dramatic reductions in storage. And storage does so much for for um, energy because it, it it's got many value streams. Two of the biggest are that, of course, it can provide energy in times of uh, excess demand, right. but it can also absorb. And store valuable energy in times of excess supply, and so it has those two value streams. And then there's also other value streams that it offers to the grid operator that are a little more complicated. But there are many others. And so for that reason, the utilities even like storage. They might not like the fact that it's accelerating this migration away. <laughs> exactly, but but a lot of people feel that the future of the utility is going to look different. We need to redesign their incentive systems so that they're incented to provide efficient delivery and transport of energy as opposed to selling more energy or building more assets. Are most of the your competition, I mean I I've
0: seen a couple of them and I mean they seem to be these national firms that just sort of market in different areas. And I know there was a huge thing with flower shops at one point. You'd have like an FTD warehouse that would take out ads and call well we are the a Arundel County florist and nobody really knows it because they don't exist. It's an eight hundred number, it's a website and everything else. That's one thing that I like about you guys. I mean, I I drove up 97, I and uh, you know, you're here. You're in a in a building. You've got, you know, people run, running around the office and everything else and I mean, you're you're locally owned and you're locally operated and I mean, you're working on local businesses and local homes. That's one I think that's got to be a huge selling point for you guys.
2: I think it is. We we certainly promote it and emphasize it and my partner Roger and I are in this business for a lot of reasons. Obviously, we want to make a living, but we also want to uh, support the growth of clean energy it's very important to us we also want to help create good jobs and you know that's something that's very satisfying about this job is uh, you, you don't you don't need a college degree to install solar uh, there's a lot of upside um, in terms of you know the, the training and the advancement opportunities uh, we've promoted from within uh, with great success that's that's really, I think, a great opportunity for the country. You can't export these jobs. You know, the, the, these are jobs that you know. It's not like a manufacturing plant you can move offshore. People have to climb on the roof, and, and electricians have to, you know, yeah. tie into the meter, and, and so. Um, and it's really exciting to see. We don't hit a home run every time, but but we've, we we participate in some training programs. One out of Baltimore, one out of D.C. that help folks that maybe come from at risk backgrounds. Get their foot in the door in the solar industry, and and we've got some real stars here that came through those programs. And um, so, yeah, to your point, it's great to be local. It's great to be you know to be able to promote that too, because people do want to they want to buy from somebody that's local, and they like the idea of somebody that uh, is going to be around to support them in the future.
0: I'm assuming, and I could be wrong. You don't make the solar panels here. I mean, you're not fabricating. You, I mean, you're buying the. You're cutting them to obviously, or, or sizing them to fit a specific roof or a, an angle or something like that. But you're, I'm assuming that you do a lot of the assembly and the, but not the. You're not creating.
2: Them We're there. not manufacturing anything here. That's correct. We purchase our racking and our inverters and our panels, which are the three primary components to a, a solar energy system. You know, of course, there's wire and nuts and bolts, fasteners, all those things. But most of the value in the value chain happens in the United States. So the engineering, the permitting, the sales, the installation, um, most of the racking and balance of system are all U.S. manufactured products. So there is a significant contribution to the economy besides just what we're...
0: And last question for you, Rick. You are turnkey, right? I mean, I I turn around and I I give you the check and... I leave here today, and I go on my world cruise or something like that and come back in 12 weeks. There's going to be operating solar panels on the roof of my house, uh, money coming into my bank account from bg <laughs> and, and I mean, But you, you handle the permitting, the connection, and everything else. I mean, there's nothing – I mean, I'm not running down to the permit office and that- signing this or that. I mean, you're just –
2: that's correct. We, we operate in Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland, and Delaware, and we handle everything turnkey from start to finish on that. Now, I will say that for really large projects, and we're finishing up a 5,000-panel project in D.C., a big ground-mounted system, we utilize a lot of subcontractors, but for our most of our commercial jobs and almost all of our residential jobs, these systems are being installed by our employees and, and sure. indeed they are turnkey. Sure.
0: That's all it's good to know that it's all essentially hands free. I mean as a mm-hmm. homeowner or as a business owner there's you know, I, I need to make the commitment and that's sort of where my involvement ends um, and let the experts take care of it. Yeah. Solarsaves.net is your website, right? That's right. Is that one of the best ways to learn a little bit more about you or?
2: I, I believe that is the best way. I mean, certainly you can give us a call or send us an email and, and all and all that information is on our website, but we have a pretty robust website and, and it, uh, we think very informative. Uh, people find it a, a good resource uh, where they can, if they choose to learn a lot about solar before they start shopping. But, we're happy to walk them through the whole process if they don't want to take that right.
0: route. Rick Peters from Solar Energy Services, thank you very much
2: for your time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to this special podcast for Ion Annapolis. Please be sure to visit IonAnnapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinions. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the I Am Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you your local news direct to your phone or tablet every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play.